Let's make this year your best real estate investing year ever by coming to the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. And the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is where you can join hundreds of real estate investors and over 40 expert investor speakers and learn how to have an amazing success in your real estate investing business. The Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is not like any other conference out there. This is a no sales pitch conference where the entire three days event is all about you and helping you to meet expert investors, teaching you how to invest and join a huge community of hundreds of like-minded real estate investors. And because you are a part of the Successfully Unemployed podcast, I'm giving you 20% off your RubeCon pass. That's right. Get 20% off of your RubeCon pass. Use the promo code SU20 or SU20. You need to be at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. Join us in the heart of downtown St. Louis, March 14th through the 16th for a transformative three-day event that's more than just a conference. It's a community of investors. Get your pass. Go to RubeCon.com, R-E-W-B-C, com and use the promo code SU20 or SU20 to get 20% off of your Rubicon pass. Welcome to the Successfully Unemployed Show, the place where ordinary people become extraordinary by finding the path to financial freedom through entrepreneurship, side hustles, and passive income. We have already blazed the path, showing you how to retire early and have financial independence so you will never work for someone else again. Successfully Unemployed, your place for freedom. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's time for the Successfully Unemployed show. My name is Dustin Heiner, and I'm here to help you learn how to quit that J-O-B, that just overbroke job by investing and having side hustles and having businesses and doing everything you can, everything possible to quit that J-O-B because we all know that we live just overbroke. So your boss is paying you just enough to keep you working so you don't quit, but not too much as taking money out of their pocket. So I want to show you how you can quit early, how you can retire early, you can quit your job and be on your own. Now, in today's show, I'm going to talk to an expert, somebody who has taught thousands and thousands of people how to actually write books, be a self-published author, and do more and more with writing and sharing everything that you have to the world through writing books and then publishing yourself. I have a fantastic guest on, like I said, who has done it thousands and thousands of times. Now, if you are interested in investing in real estate rental properties, I actually want to show you, before we get into the show, I want to show you how to do that. Text the word rental, R-E-N-T-A-L, to 33777. Rental to 33777. And I will personally give you my free course showing you how to invest in real estate, how to find properties, how to build the business first so it runs automatically, how to make $250 or more a month in passive income, and how to quit your job. I'll send you that free course. Text the word rental to 33777 and get my free course. All right, guys, you are awesome. Let's jump into today's show. We were interviewing Chandler Bolt on how to be a self-published successful author and become successfully unemployed. All right, guys, let's start the show. Chandler Bolt, thank you so much for being on the Successfully Unemployed show. I really appreciate your time and coming on. Yeah, Dustin, thanks so much for having me. Great to be here. Now, here's a first thought is you have a good-sized business now. You've written many, many books, but what were you doing before you before you started doing this? I mean, what did you do to quit that job to become successfully unemployed? Yeah, so, well, I, you know, I'm a C-level English student, a college dropout. <laughs> um, so I dropped out of school 
And in, in high school, I was running little businesses. Um, but I think I always, you know, I always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur uh, and, and wanted to do my own thing. So, uh, you know, it was, it was kind of a series of, you know, I went to school to learn how to run a business pretty quickly. Um, discovered that I was learning how to run a business from professors who had never ran a business. <laughs> and that didn't make too much sense to me. So I decided to drop out. So I think for me, it was less, less quitting the job I hated and more, uh, more dropping out of school and, and starting my own thing. And so that's, that's kind of how it kicked off. And um, we started teaching people how to write and publish books through self-publishing school. And then it just started snowballing and uh, we kind of been off to the races ever since. So did you ever, I mean, you probably have had jobs, but did you ever have like a career or something? Was it just like, I stopped college and then started doing my own thing? Yeah. I mean, I definitely had jobs, not many though, which that's ironically is probably one of the more difficult things. It's like the blessing and the curse is like, I've never had a traditional job. So I don't, everything that we do at self-publishing school, I've never in most cases seen it model. So I'm like, okay, how do you do this? How do you like, I, I don't know, because I mean, I, I worked for my dad, which was a construction company. I was, I had a, uh, worked at a fitness and racket center doing tennis court maintenance essentially in high school. And then I ran a landscaping lawn care, pressure washing business. I ran an exterior house painting business in college. So painting houses, uh, and then dropped out and started self-publishing school. So uh, I mean, maybe the house painting business, because it was kind of a franchisee type thing. It was an internship uh, through a company called Student Painters. Uh, so just an unbelievable experience. But that was probably the closest that I had to a job, per se, even though I was running my own sort of franchise as an intern there. Um, but but that was probably the closest to it. Got it. Now, what's what's great is my dad was a contractor and I through all through high school in the summer, I'd be on the blistering hot slabs, framing houses, be on the roof, you know, putting roofs yeah. on and doing all that stuff. And it sounds like you're very entrepreneurial, obviously starting new things and starting new things. I remember I've, I started literally many, many different companies. And for me, what really stuck was real estate and rental properties. I just love rental properties. Yeah. They're fantastic. Now, as you were jumping into, you know, not necessarily thing after thing, but you're trying to figure out what works. And when you mm -hmm. figured out how to write your first book, it did because it, it seems like because you you wrote your first book and then eventually and I might have the timelines a little off but eventually you started the SPS or the self publishing school so you wrote your book started the school up what was the timeline and then what did it what made you want to start SPS Yeah, great question. So, you know, for me, writing a book was I learned some things that I felt like other people wanted to know, and and I feel like that's where it starts for a lot of people. Um, who have uh, uh, who who write books is hey I have this message that I need to share or I feel like I want or need to share and that just so happens that the mechanism is a book but me probably like most people were I was terrified of the mechanism <laughs> I believed in the message I was terrified about the mechanism it's like okay well I suck at writing uh, I don't enjoy it and I'm a C level English student and college dropout like how am I going to write a book and so uh, going through that process got the book done. Uh, and but then the thing to answer your question is how did that lead to self-publishing school is, you know, I dropped out. I'm starting this other business. It's just failing. And meanwhile, everyone keeps asking me, me about how I'm writing and publishing books. So it's like one of those things where, you know, somebody can only smack in the face so many times before you turn around and look. And then you turn around and look and then you realize that there's all these people that want to pay you for that thing. And I think that's a good lesson for people um, who want to start a business or maybe who are trying to figure out where to go in the business that you already have is what are the people, what are people already asking you about and or trying to pay you money for? See, I was so focused on this other thing that was like just failing 
And meanwhile, there was a line of people when I turned around that, that wanted this thing. And, and it started out, you know, I'd get on the phone with them for an hour, teach them everything I knew for free, just to be a nice person and say, Hey, I hope this helps. Like, good luck on your book. But then finally, after doing enough of those calls, you start to realize, wait, hold up. I should start uh, charging for this. <laughs> right. And, I, and so then you said, we, we started our first cohort, which, you know, Marcy, who I know has been on the podcast, I'm pretty sure she was one of our first students in that first uh, cohort of students. And I think we had like 44 students. And then that just snowballed into, uh, you know, now we've helped thousands of people write and publish books and use books to grow the business. That's fantastic. Yeah, um, Chandler, that's very similar to me. So I was buying property after property. I actually got laid off and then figured out, got another job and was blessed to get a job so I can then start realizing what my passion was, was real estate. So I bought property after property and I was literally about to quit my job, maybe about a year out from quitting my job. And I started telling people, and there's two questions people always ask. Number one, how are you quitting your job? Like basically, what, how are you going to provide for yourself and your family? So I told them investing in real estate. The second question was always, can you show me how to do that? And I was like, after so many times, just like you said, and I think everybody listening to this, if you have people asking you, how did you do it? Realize that, that they could potentially, or more people could potentially be talking to you and paying you to do the exact same thing that you taught them. And so I had, I was teaching people one-on-one, -on -one, hour after hour, just one-on-one. -on -one. I realized it was taking so much time to do this and I loved doing it. So those two things matched up. So I started my own yeah. you know, coaching business. Now I wanna jump into, cause I have master passive income, which is my real estate, my basically only about rental mm -hmm. properties, teaching people, coaching courses, all that sort of stuff. And I'm looking at SPS is like, man, that's a brilliant company, not just in the making money. I, I make my money through real estate. What I love about SPS is you are helping so many people get to where they want to be, which is writing a book. And so with Master Passive Income, exact same thing I'm trying to do is get people to where I am so that they're buying properties. They're, they're literally making $250 from every single property they buy perpetually, like continually forever. And so I'm trying to think, how can I reach more people? How can I help more people? So tell me, what is the... How do we first start a business like SPS where you're teaching people how to write books, but now the perspective, instead of you writing books, now you're helping people to write books. Where do we get started doing that? Yeah, that's a great question. It's something I'm super passionate about because for us, books are the starting point, but then it's about what you do. Like a book is, we say it's like a book is this key that opens up this door to Narnia, right? It's this magical land that you didn't know existed and there's all this stuff beyond that. So that's when we start, like we have a PR and speaking for authors program. We have course building for authors program. So like, and it's, so this is very similar to what your question is like, how do you turn a book into a course? So we talk about this all the time. And, and, and one of the things that I think is super important Number one is sell then build. Uh, so, because until until you have your first sales, you don't have a business. You have a business idea. So, one of the biggest mistakes I see people make is is they spend years or months or you know however long creating this full this whole thing that people don't want, <laughs> and then they try to sell it because they didn't actually talk to customers in that whole process, and they're like, yeah, I don't want that. This is exactly what happened to me. You know, I wrote and published this book called The Productive Person. It was super successful. That was my first book. And then I'm like, okay, cool. We're going to create a productivity course. But then we did all this work, created this whole course, and then realized no one wants this. <laughs> uh, and, and our messaging was totally off. So we we spent, you know, gosh, probably 10 or 15 grand developing this course. And I to this day, I don't know, I don't think it's sold one copy. 
Uh, and so like, that's how to not do it. And then self-publishing school, which we started, it was originally called best-selling book system. Uh, that was the, the, you know, we, we pre-sold 44 students and then it was a live delivery over 12 weeks, excuse me. And so we asked them exactly what they needed or wanted, and then created exactly that thing. So that, you know, that's, that's my recommendation is, is, is first get sales and sales bring revenue. Revenue is the gasoline uh, and, and your car. So it's so that you can drive the economic engine, um, which is the business. So um, first is getting sales and then iterating from there. Um, sales and happy customers. <laughs> uh, that's like pretty much the only two things that matters um, f for your business. And so, but you can't have happy customers without first having sales. Those, that's a great idea. And a lot of people think, well, I just got to pump out a product. And, you know, if we have the old mentality of having a physical product, not saying the physical products are bad, but you got to create that physical product and then you right. put it up for sale. But if you don't even know that somebody's going to buy it or not buy it, that's so much time and effort. Same thing with the online space. And I heard so many people, and it sounds like you're saying this, basically you pre-sale what you are going to eventually sell. And in that time, mm -hmm. you already, number one, have validated all everything that you're talking about, everything that you're trying to sell, the product you're trying to sell, you've already validated. But you also, and I, what I love about this is when I pre-sell something, it lights a fire under me like, I better get this done. Yeah. Oh, it's a <laughs> deadline. paying for it. Yeah. Yeah. It's a force function and a deadline, 100%. Uh, and, and then it's a feedback mechanism. So I, every new product that we launch, we first have a beta program. And so that's essentially what I'm describing is that 44 person beta. You know, right now we're near the end of, as the time of recording this podcast, we're, in, we're near the end of our PR and speaking for authors beta, which is a new program that we're developing. And next week that rolls out. <laughs> so I, I, like we drink our own Kool-Aid and always have a beta, sell it, then build it. Uh, and then also it's a feat, it's a force function to get the content done, to get the product built, to get all that, but it's also a feedback mechanism. So we've gotten so much feedback and testimonials over the last, uh, you know, two, three months since we've launched the beta of PR and speaking for authors. So now we have raving fans in our community that have an amazing experience. And now it's kind of built up to where people know like, oh, if there's a beta, you get in on the beta because it's going to be the best product. It's, it's going to be the best price that they'll ever get. It's going to be the most one-on-one -on -one attention that they'll ever get. And so like, that's the pitch for a beta is like they, they're getting a steal. And so it's amazing for them. It's amazing for us. Uh, and we learn and iterate, we get testimonials at the end of it. And that's what we're also super upfront about that is like, Hey, our goal is to, to make you super successful through this so that at the end of this, we have amazing testimonials. So if you're not going to do the work, don't join the beta. <laughs> so we're able to like basically tell people, Hey, don't, don't get in this unless you're going to, do it. And then, so it just, it's a perpetual cycle that just kind of feeds into everything that we're doing. That's great. Now I don't want to put the cart before the horse because as I'm hearing you say there's some, so many great things, but the cart might get before the horse. If we start thinking, let's just put it out to sell, but not figure out ways to get people to see that you're, you're selling something in general, even before you create it. Yeah. So how do we make sure that, or how do we even go about letting people know that we have something that we're eventually going to build and create. But how do we pre-sell if we don't have anybody following us, listening to us or have any yeah. market share in any of that? Yeah. Great question. I think there's, there's a two part answer. I mean, number one, that's why we believe in what we believe in, which is doing books. And there's always this chicken or the egg 
uh, conundrum, which is like, do I do the course first or do I do the book first? And I don't think there's a one size fit all, fits all answer. Like I, I'll make different recommendations based on where different people are at. All I can say is what worked for me, which was the book first. Uh, and, and, and I know I've talked to other people who have done that same exact path. I think, um, Ruth Sukup, she, excuse me, I just interviewed her on the um, self-publishing school podcast. She sold about uh, 500,000 copies of her book, her book, how to blog for profit. And then that ultimately became elite blogging Academy, which is her, her flagship product uh, and program. So like I, it worked for her, it worked for me. So that's all I can say there is like, so that's why for me, it's do a book first. But then to your point, like, okay, I have a book or I don't have a book. Like, how do I get people to even know that I have this thing that I'm going to be selling? Um, what, what, again, I'll just, I just, I like to share what I've done and what works for me. Um, because I, I don't believe in teaching theory, but teaching like actually, you know, in the, in actually what, what you do. And so, um, for us, it was, it was webinars and, and doing training webinars for three weeks leading up to a product launch. At the end of every webinar, we would have an opportunity for people to apply for the beta program. We accepted uh, a percentage of those folks and then they signed up. Uh, and then we did, why didn't you buy calls with anyone that got accepted but didn't buy? And that was really cool because we learned a lot. And also a decent amount of those folks ended up signing up. So that's what we did. And then, but then the question is like, okay, well, how do you get people to show up for the webinar? <laughs> um, so, same thing. Yeah. So um, like for us, it's, I mean, I mean, it's twofold. If, if you're building an audience from the book, I mean, that's a really powerful thing, but then a lot of it is just guerrilla marketing. <laughs> and, and so, I mean, it was messaging every single Facebook friend and saying, Hey, I'm hosting this webinar next week. Do you know anyone that might want to write a book? Share this link with them because I'm asking for the share, not asking for them to come because obviously if they're interested, they're going to register and come. Uh, but by asking for the share, they share it and that amplifies the reach. And we also had a couple strategic partners. So there were a couple of people that I just built relationships with that I said, Hey, if, if you'll send your audience to this webinar, I'll give you an affiliate commission and like full transparency. I don't know if this is going to work, but all, what I do know is that if your people show up to a webinar, uh, you're going to look good because I'm going to knock their socks off. So worst case scenario, you don't make much money off of this, but your audience gets an amazing uh, training that's going to help them with their books. So like that's the worst case scenario. And so because I built those personal relationships, I had a couple of people um, very fortunate that they took a chance on me uh, and, and sent some folks to the first couple of webinars. And it, that's how we got our first traction. And then I could then you make your students really successful because then you come back and you're like, hey, check it out. Remember those people you sent me? Well, they're doing really great. <laughs> and so now I can go to other affiliates or to them and, and get more people to show up. So it's, it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of guerrilla marketing. And and that's kind of how we do it. Yeah. And the guerrilla marketing. Uh, for, so for me, I'm not a huge self promoter. In fact, I don't like being a self promoter. But to uh, for to help me get out of that mentality of thinking, I'm just promoting myself, what I switched instead of because I was always being me centered, like thinking about me and what I'm going to get out of it, if I change. And so for everybody listening, if you're not a big self promoter, there are people who are great salesmen, great self promoters, they can actually do that. I wasn't. So what I did was I instead of thinking about myself, people coming and buying into me, realizing that how much I can help other people and turning it around and say, if I don't share this with somebody, they're going to probably miss out maybe because I was investing in real estate and rental property, showing people how to do that. They're potentially going to, if they want to buy the wrong property, not make money, lose money and be very devastated and not want to own property again. 
I want to help them and save them from going through that. And so you put it on as I'm going to, as much as I can help and serve people. And that's re one big reason why I wanted to bring you on Chandler is because I've heard many, many people say that you just want to help. You just want to serve. You just want to be there to help people get what they want, which is fantastic. And so that's something that exactly I would completely and wholeheartedly agree as we are doing guerrilla marketing, just getting people to that webinar, because that's the hard part, getting people to the webinar, webinar, doing the webinar is a whole nother ball of wax we don't need to get into. So from there, once we have, uh, we have a little bit of a snowball rolling, you know, we have people in the webinar, we've already proven that people actually want it, we're building it out to get to even better. Let's say now we fast forward just a little bit to where we have a course. We are literally selling courses. People are finding our site, maybe they through Google or we start a podcast and people are starting to come to us. What do we then, now that we have a course, do we just stop there or should we look at coaching? Because I like a mutual friend of ours, Marcy, she's fantastic. She's been on the show. Um, she's a coach with you and SPS. Like, What should we do once the course, is there a next step or is it jump right into coaching? Yes, great question. So and 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 with everything, like one of the first questions that I encourage people to ask is like, Stephen Covey, begin with the end in mind. So it's like, where are you going and, and what does success look like for you? So that's the first thing we ask people when we're working with them on their book. That's the first thing we ask people when they're working, when we're working with them on their course. That's the first thing we, we ask people when we're working with them on getting PR and speaking. Like, okay, is this is the goal to get clients, is the goal to sell books, is the goal something else. So like begin with the end in mind. But then once you have that, it's, um, it, 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 you know, it's optimizing towards that. And, and so to answer your question, like, should we go coaching? Should we not? So I actually, I, I'm, I'm super passionate about two things here, which is when we say course for us, it almost always means course plus coaching. So that's like one of the, I've got this webinar that I do on how to, how to um, start and launch a course. And when, like one of the first things I do is like, what do you think of when you think course? And I like flash you to me on the screen is like, no, not that. Like it's an online education program uh, and it's, it's done together. So just like Mar I mean, Marcy is an incredible, incredible coach on the self-publishing school team. So, you know, she works with a lot of our children's book authors, a lot of our uh, memoir authors, a lot of our faith-based authors. Um, but but we believe that the course, yes, is the lion's share of the curriculum. And then the coaches are there to support and hold accountable. And so we try to provide all these different, so we have, you know, we have one-on-one -on -one coaching calls, we have group coaching calls, we have the community aspect, we have kind of a, a Rolodex of outsourcers is what we call it. So these are like cover designers, formatters, editors. And so we've negotiated exclusive rates with all those folks. Um, so now all of a sudden our goal is to, you know, help someone save about what they pay us just in that. Right. So it's just like, so when I, I, cause really at the end of the day, whether it's a course, whether it's coaching, whether it's anything, it exists to help people solve a problem and people don't care about how you get there. In fact, they prefer the least amount of things as possible um, to get there. It's like the least amount of work, the least amount of time they got to spend all that. So I think when people think about selling something, they think about like, how can I stack on? You're going to get 30 calls. You're going to get this course. You're going to get this. It's like nobody cares about the features. They just want the benefits of the results. And so that's what we we design that in a way to try and maximize uh, student results. Because just what we found is oftentimes course by itself, I mean, it, it doesn't work because, you know, people are, are going into the course and then they're bouncing and then they're never coming back. And there's not that human interaction. Not that it doesn't work, but it's just not as high of a, 
result rate as everything else. And then I, I think what's important is going back a little bit to what you were just saying a second ago is like, you know, cause I'm sure there's a lot of people that both on the marketing and the sales side are like, ugh, like that, that sounds icky and something I don't want to do. And I am super passionate about this is that, uh, and cause I was in the same boat, like I didn't like sales. I didn't like marketing. And then I woke up one day and all my bank accounts were negative. I dropped out of school. I was about to fail at dropping out of school, which in my mind at the time was like <laughs> the biggest failure I could think of. And I remember talking to some of my mentors, they're like, Chandler, you need to learn the skill set of sales and marketing. And I don't care if you don't like it, you got to learn it um, because your business is struggling because you don't have paying customers and you know how to get paying customers. You got to learn sales and marketing and, and no one is going to be as passionate about your business as you are. And so this is what we talk about this all the time, whether it's selling books, selling courses, anything is like, it doesn't matter if you don't like it, you got to learn it um, because you can't outsource the sales and the marketing at a certain point. Yes, you can hire people to do it, but it's very hard to hire people for a job that you don't know how to do. And it's also very hard to get to the point where you can hire people if you don't have money, aka gasoline that's in your car. Remember, like kind of going back to that analogy of an economic engine and without without sales, you don't have a business, you have a business idea. And so I, I'm just super passionate about because people come all the time and they're like, yeah, well, I want someone else to market this or I'm going to pay someone to market this. I'm going to pay someone to do the sales and just 9.99 out of 10 times it doesn't work. And then people are disappointed, but they're disappointed six months, 18 months from now when they've already burned up a lot of their resources, when it was just like, you could just follow the advice, which is from day one, you need to learn sales and marketing. Cause I wasted a lot of time, uh, not doing that. And sorry, this is a long winded answer, but I love what you were saying about this was one of the early things for me that really flipped the switch. It's like when you believe that the thing that you have, the, the, the person's life is going to be better off because they have it, then you are morally obligated to, to sell it to them. <laughs> and so sales isn't sales, sales is problem solving <laughs> and, and, and is helping people. So when you, when you shift, kind of like you were saying, going through that shift, when you shift, um, to that mentality, I think marketing and sales becomes a whole lot easier. I completely agree. I love everything that you just said. And if you wrap all that up together with the, if, let's say if you're writing a book and you're creating a course, and I love the idea of course and coaching go together, wrap that up with promoting to help other people, not just what I can get out of it. The last thing I want to do is create a course just to make money. I, I make my money through real estate. So all this stuff is just how more, how many more people I can help. And so if somebody, and I think the not criteria, the statistics are like maybe like 15 or 20% that buy into a course actually finish it, which is sad. I want people to finish my course. And also if you tack on coaching or group coaching or question and answer times or something like that, it helps them stay engaged because it's so easy for somebody to get in there see so much stuff that you got to do and be like, oh man, I'm overwhelmed. And another thing that you talked about was being able to uh, promote yourself and, and for, so forever. Let's make this year your best real estate investing year ever by coming to the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. And the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is where you can join hundreds of real estate investors and over 40 expert investor speakers and learn how to have an amazing success in your real estate investing business. The Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is not like any other conference out there. This is a no sales pitch conference where the entire three days event is all about you and helping you to meet expert investors, teaching you how to invest and join a huge community of hundreds of like-minded real 
real estate investors, and because you are a part of the Successfully Unemployed podcast, I'm giving you 20% off your RubeCon pass. That's right. Get 20% off of your RubeCon pass. Use the promo code SU20 or SU20. You need to be at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. Join us in the heart of downtown St. Louis, March 14th through the 16th for a transformative three-day event that's more than just a conference. It's a community of investors. Get your pass. Go to rubcon.com, R-E-W-B-C-O-N.com and use the promo code SU20 or SU20 to get 20% off of your RubeCon pass. Everybody listening, I've actually, it was quite a while ago, I think it was like 2016, I, I got into SBS and because I wrote this book, if everybody watching behind me, that's my book right behind. That's the very, very first book that I wrote. I didn't, I, I wrote it all myself and then um, I was talking to my friend, our friend Marcy, and she said, hey, you should really check out self-publishing school because uh, they're really good at promoting books or showing you how to promote books. And I took the course and I was like, oh, this is great stuff. And I literally implemented X, Y, and Z and it got to bestseller, which was which was great. And so now it's, it's I have four books now, which is a lot of fun because people say, oh, you got books? This is great. You know, they, it shows you as an authority. Now let's move on a little bit more to, okay, we have the course. We have, we're starting to do coaching. Now, how do we scale from, the point where we have course, we have people coming in, they're seeing our stuff, more people are buying. Now we need to start hiring people. Or is there a step in between there? Or do we start hiring people and putting people in place to do things that we don't have time to do? What's the next step from course and coaching yeah. now growing it bigger? Great question. I think it, it all goes down to kind of what we we touched on just briefly earlier, which is like, you, there are only two things that you should be doing in your business, getting new customers and making customers happier. And if it doesn't, so it's like kind of we were talking about what does a business need? It needs sales and happy customers. So all your efforts in the beginning should be focused on optimizing those two buckets. How do we get more customers and how do we uh, make our customers happier? Or in our case, it's it's uh, get better results um, for our customers. That, so it's like those are the two things that you should be focused on. And then that drives the economic engine for your car. And then at some point, the economic engine is going to get big enough to where you can afford to hire someone. Uh, and so, but up until that point, I mean, you should be ruthlessly focusing on those two buckets. And if it doesn't, if it doesn't drive revenue or drive results, um, it's just not that important. And so that it's like really focusing on that, really focusing on that, really focusing on that. And then, then it, then as you start to scale, that's when the systems, operations, like all that not so fun stuff or what most people feel like is not that fun. I, I, I've learned to really love it. Um, but that's when that comes in. So I've got a podcast and a YouTube channel. It's called the seven figure principles podcast and the seven figure principles show. That's I, I kind of, re I record a bunch of different videos. There's one on the a player hiring process. That'll be relevant here. Um, and that's the hiring process. So that's how you hire your first employee, but that's when all those things come in. And then, and then specific to hiring your first employee, it really is, um, I think like either, uh, someone in customer service or, or, and, or an assistant for most people, that's the best first hire. Cause then it's going to, it's going to clear a ton off of your plate. Cause you got to look at what are the things that I either don't like doing or that are taking up most of my time. And now can I create systems and bring in a person um, to do that? So for us, it was, we hired one of our students and um, was our very first employee. Uh, and he, at that time is like the, we had kind of scaled into each student got one 30 minute coaching call with me and then they worked with their coach. Um, and this guy used, he's awesome. 
um, he, he used his, uh, his 30 minute coaching call to talk all about like, Hey, what is it? What are you guys struggling with from a business perspective and how can I help? And about a month later we hired him. Uh, cause it's like, you, you don't even know, you know, you don't know how to hire, you don't know how to do anything. And we just got really, really lucky. And so we, we, we gave him a login to Zendesk, <laughs> which was our customer support platform at the time. And we said, Hey, we've never used this. We just started using it. We were running this huge summit at the time. So there was like 10,000, 10, 25,000 people registered. So we we're just getting all kinds of customer support that it just started happening. And so we're like, here's a login. We've never used it. There's a thousand tickets in there. Get to work. <laughs> wow. So like the ultimate it is definitely a, a, a crash course in how to not set someone up for success, but he figured it out. I mean, and, and, and he still works uh, with me today and is, is, is actually one of my uh, right-hand people on the team and on the leadership team and everything. But so for me, it was a customer support person first. And then I waited way too long to hire an assistant, but I would, I would probably go for most people, two birds, one stone. So it's, I would say half of their role is being an assistant to you and half their role is in customer support. Cause then there's so many lower level tasks that are happening in your business that that person can take from you. And then you can continue to level up what you're spending your time on. Yeah. So if you're thinking about hiring somebody like that, so I've started hiring some people here and there and I'm really frugal. So it's really hard for me to hire people. But what's sad is, or what's sad, funny um, with my rental properties, I literally have everybody do all the work. I, I have 30 plus properties. And so I only work 30 minutes a month just by looking at the statements, making sure money's coming in and then put it away because I have other people doing the work. So I absolutely know that my business gets better when I hire other people and have other people do the work. Now, I love the idea of, or that you said to hire an assistant or a customer service. Now I'm doing both right now in my business. So for Master Passive Income, I have courses, I have coaching, I even have a membership, people paying me monthly to be inside there. So they get a little price disc or a huge discount on the, the courses because they're paying monthly leasing it as opposed to um, you know purchasing outright. I have, uh, I brought on a student, just like you, I brought on a student who has been with me for like 10 years, has already quit their job because they've invested and bought properties. Like, you know what? I need you. I, need, I, I can't coach everybody anymore. So I'm pulling myself back. Now that thinking of now hiring an assistant is kind of a little bit like I have too much control, not to say maybe I want to control too much and I need to release that. How do we as business owners release that and say, you know what? I should not control this. Instead of being a control freak, how do we then let it go? Oh yeah. That's a great question. I'm, I'm totally the same way. <laughs> uh, so I'll say this. I mean, it, it, it so it, it, there's two things to evaluate. So I think most people, they balk at the cost of an assistant or the cost of an employee, and they don't consider the cost of not having one, <laughs> um, which is your time. So what I'd encourage you to do is, is um, take what you earned last year and uh, divide it. Gosh, what's the, what's the number? I want to say it's like, uh, it's 2,500 or some 2,800, something like that hours that you probably worked. It's kind of like the ballpark. Uh, and then you see what your time per hour is worth. And you're like, and so then well, your challenge is to raise that average, right? That's the only way you bring more leverage in your business. So then you have to say in order to raise the average, you have to say no to things that are below that average and empower someone else to be able to do them. So I think that was an exercise that really clarified for me because 
the number was really big. And, and I'm fr- like, I'm from a blue collar family. My, my parents worked or my, my parents met working night shift at a factory. So like I'm, it pains me to spend money. Uh, and, but then I looked at that and it was, it was like, it was a lot. <laughs> and, and so I, I'm like, oh my gosh, I should be paying hourly up to that amount. And that really opened my eyes. Uh, and, and then I think there's, uh, it goes back to systems. And so creating systems and having your, your executive assistant create systems uh, and then also being totally fine with, there's a decent chance that four of their hours is worth one of your hours from a just time and, and value of time perspective. And so that can be tough to wrap your head around. And I think there's a lot of mental stuff that you have to work through because for, for my family, it's like humility was always a big thing. And my parents, and especially my mom would always just really hammer this home for us. It's like, don't ever make someone feel like uh, you're better than them. Cause she had this experience, uh, you know, being poor where she felt like, you know, people that had more money kind of looked down on her and she knew what that felt like. So then throughout the course of my childhood, we witnessed them going from like lower class to upper middle class. And so her, she was always determined to not make other people feel that way. And so I think it was a blessing. And, but then the curse is that you get in your head about it and you're like, Oh, I don't want to make someone feel bad or like, feel like I'm above them or feel like, so then you just get way in your head. And then it, to the point where it's like, it's perfectly for me. It's like, if it takes you 10 hours and it would have taken me one hour, that's totally fine. Cause that payoff is still significantly better. And, and like that, obviously that equation is going to be different for everyone, but just getting to the point where you can straight faced and without guilt say that I think is really hard. And you have to work through a lot of, of belief structures. And you don't overlook you should not overlook the fact that you're providing somebody with a job is providing somebody oh, to be able 100%. to, yeah, to be able to pay for food for their family. It's so if we can yes. help more people, it's that much better. And, and the things that you hate to do, there are always a line of people that love to do those things. So I think the trap we fall into is like, wow, why would anyone want to do this? But there's some people who love it. Like that's their dream job. And so you're casting your, 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 projecting your belief system on someone else just because you don't like doing it, which is preventing you from not doing it, which is, would be amazing. And it's also preventing them from having their dream job. (laughs) And so I think when you, when you, when you reframe it that way, it becomes a whole lot easier to, to both hire that person and delegate those things to them. I love that. One quick example is I hate editing articles. I hate editing anything. Once I, once I write it, I want to move on. And I hate it, but I didn't realize that there were people that loved it. So I, anyways, I found out somebody that edits all the articles now and she loves it. She absolutely loves it. And she's like, this is the best job. So yeah, absolutely. We don't want to put our limiting beliefs on other people's or our negative biases or anything like that. Okay. So before we jump into the rapid fire round, last question I want to ask is, is that the key to scaling the business to becoming a $16 million business? You know, is there anything else that we should do to start scaling the business other than hiring people to start taking over and making systems grow? Yeah, great, great question. I mean, I think it comes down to three things, which this is, you know, really what the, the seven figure principles podcast and the show and all that, that's just like a fun side project for me. And I love helping people with this stuff, but I think, I think it really comes down to, and most of the things it, it really comes down to, um, rhythms, systems, and KPIs. So uh, there, there's there's meeting, well, and then above all of that is really, really great people. 
Uh, and so, but the rhythm systems and KPIs help both attract those great people uh, and develop those great people. And so KPI stands for key performance indicators. And then the rhythms are like meeting rhythms. And then the systems is the playbook that I was talking about. I'm totally sure in your podcast and everything that you have on the, the, the seven figures, I'm sure that has all that stuff in there. So we'll definitely link to all that yeah. stuff. Now let's cool. get into the rapid fire round. So the really easy questions, you should nail these down. Obviously you're a writer. So I, the first question I wanted to start with, what is your number one book that we should read business or otherwise, but nonfiction that we should read? And so I'll ask a follow-up question because I always like to contextualize book recommendations. What's one thing, and I'll just say for you personally, Dustin, what's one area that you want to grow? Oh, I would have, have to say how I could serve more people. Spot. Yeah, no, but right now okay. it's really how I can serve more people. Serve more people. So I would say The Go-Giver. And it's a really great book for that. And it's actually about to be our next company book club. Very cool. Okay, The Go-Giver. Awesome. Now, if you were to give advice, and you've given us so much great insights now, but if somebody, other than getting started, because that's usually everybody's, we need to get started, what is some advice that you would give to somebody that wants to start doing the coaching and the courses and create something like an SPS? How, what's the, what's a big advice that we should take? Yes, yeah, sell then build, <laughs> which I know I already mentioned this earlier, but it's just so fundamental and so important. So many people mess it up. Don't work on the logo. Don't work on the incorporation. Don't work on any of those things until you have your first sales. Um, you don't have a business. You have a business idea. I love that idea. That's that's great. Okay, so if you were going to go back and give yourself your younger self any bit of advice, maybe right when, before you're quitting or anything like that, business or life or anything, what would that advice be? Oh man, it 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 would be. It, gosh, there's so many things that I would say, but it would really revolve around trust yourself uh, and be confident in your decisions, and don't don't let anybody else tell you how to do what what you what yeah what you want to do <laughs> like because i think i fell into the trap too often of like oh i can't do that thing or or like i need to do it this way because everyone else is doing it but you feel like you have this internal conviction of like but no i i, I feel like i want to do this or i feel like i should do it run businesses this way and yeah not many other people are doing that but i feel like this is the way to do it and so I, it'd really be to just trust those personal convictions and act on them that's great that's great all right, Chandler, giving us so much great insights. I know some people are going to want to reach out to you, and I definitely think the SPS school is fantastic. How can somebody reach you? How can they know more about you? And if they want to write a book, join SPS. Yeah, so um, selfpublishingschool.com um, or selfpublishing.com. Those are two of our main properties that we have. We've got a bunch of helpful resources. So there's free training on the site. You can go to self-publishingschool.com forward slash free. You can also get a free copy of my book published, which is like a good starting point for a lot of people that's on the site. We've got a book outline template generator. It's literally like press a couple buttons. It'll spit out a 25 page uh, Google doc that you can just clone and then start working on your book right in that Google doc. Um, so that's, there's a lot of different resources, but if you go to self-publishingschool.com uh, and there's a how to write a book blog post, which is kind of like our main thing. And then you'll find the, the outline template generator, copy of my book published, free training, all that kind of in one place there. Awesome. Chandler, thank you so much for being on the Successfully Unemployed Show. I really appreciate your time. Dustin, thanks for having me. All right, man. You take care.
Today's episode has been brought to you by the Real Estate Wealth Builders membership. That's the membership that I founded teaching people how to quit their J-O-B by investing in real estate rental properties. Now, Real Estate Wealth Builders is your place to learn how to invest in real estate with five different masterclass courses group coaching with me and a private student community where we all work together, all the tools and the discounts, all the resources and everything that you need to quit your J-O-B by investing in real estate. Now, I do want to show you how to do this completely for free. If you want to learn about investing in real estate for free, I want to get you my free real estate investing course. Text the word rental to 33777. That's R-E-N-T-A-L to 33777 so you can see how you can quit your job that J-O-B by investing in real estate. I'll show you how to find properties, how to use other people's money to buy properties, and how to scale the business to be successfully unemployed just like I did. Now, did you also know that there are video versions of each and every single episode on the Successfully Unemployed show? Well, I did record every single one of these for you. I recorded them for you so you will be able to learn from the experts themselves, see what they're doing, see everything that they are talking about on this show visually and all their examples, all their slides, all their pictures that they even draw. Everything is on there. Go to successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. Or if you just go to YouTube and type in successfully unemployed, more than likely you're going to find me. So successfullyunemployed.co forward slash YouTube. And I would truly appreciate it if you subscribe to Successfully Unemployed on YouTube and wherever you're listening to this podcast, subscribe to this show so that you can always get every bit of new information on how to quit your J-O-B. Also, if you got anything out of the show, share it with just one person. Share it with just one person so that they can see the light that it is so much better to not work a job, be successfully unemployed, and be your own boss. All right, guys, this is it for today's show. I will see you next week. See ya. Let's make this year your best real estate investing year ever by coming to the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. And the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is where you can join hundreds of real estate investors and over 40 expert investor speakers and learn how to have an amazing success in your real estate investing business. The Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is not like any other conference out there. This is a no sales pitch conference where the entire three days event is all about you and helping you to meet expert investors, teaching you how to invest and join a huge community of hundreds of like-minded real estate investors. And because you are a part of the Successfully Unemployed podcast, I'm giving you 20% off your RubeCon pass. That's right. Get 20% off of your RubeCon pass. Use the promo code SU20 or SU20. You need to be at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. Join us in the heart of downtown St. Louis, March 14th through the 16th for a transformative three-day event that's more than just a conference. It's a community of investors. Get your pass. Go to RubeCon.com, R-E-W-B-C, com and use the promo code SU20 or SU20 to get 20% off of your Rubicon Pass. Let's make this year your best real estate investing year ever by coming to the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. And the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is where you can join hundreds of real estate investors and over 40 expert investor speakers and learn how to have an amazing success in your real estate investing business. The Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference is not like any other conference out there. This is a no sales pitch conference where the entire three days event is all about you and helping you to meet expert investors, teaching you how to invest and join a huge community of hundreds of like-minded real 
real estate investors and because you are a part of the Successfully Unemployed podcast, I'm giving you 20% off your RubeCon pass. That's right. Get 20% off of your RubeCon pass. Use the promo code SU20 or SU20. You need to be at the Real Estate Wealth Builders Conference. Join us in the heart of downtown St. Louis, March 14th through the 16th for a transformative three-day event that's more than just a conference. It's a community of investors. Get your pass. Go to rubcon.com, R-E-W-B-C-O-N.com and use the promo code SU20 or SU20 to get 20% off of your RubeCon pass.